Thanks to Phil Hoffman Travel, it costs no more to travel with the best. This is 5AA Travel Talk. Tis indeed, and the number, if you want to pick Phil's brain, is 8223 0000, because he's just returned from his own holiday, Croatia. How was it, Phil? Welcome home. Thank you, Alan. And, uh, yeah, no, good to be back in Adelaide, but, gee, yeah, it was a great holiday. You're and looking I, a tad relaxed, I've got to say. I, I am, because yeah. I actually did relax, and I, I I wasn't having to look after a group of people. It was... Uh, it was a holiday. It was a holiday. Enjoyed, it, was a, it was yeah. a real holiday, and I made the promise that I was going to switch off the emails and the telephones. And, and you uh, did? I did. I did. And, uh, yeah, just... Uh, it was fantastic. We flew with Emirates across through to um, Zagreb, the capital of yeah. uh, of uh, Croatia and spent three nights there and you wouldn't believe it the, the the first afternoon late in the afternoon we were having a beer just outside the hotel which was the Hotel Dubrovnik in Zagreb it called the yeah, Hotel Dubrovnik, Dubrovnik but yeah. right on the square in the mall area there and uh, next minute one of my staff walked past me and or the husband picked picked up that was me first and yeah. said that's your boss there you know? <laughs> and I didn't know she was over there for her 40th birthday and there I so was so she was on holidays she as well she was on holidays was as well and we just looked at each other we go don't believe this gave her a hug and all, my, and all my mates were having the beer going Phil hang on you haven't told us I said, no, no, one of my staff members, you yeah, know. There's a whole group but here. But, you yeah. know, it's just a small world wherever you travel, yeah, you know. Is, yeah. So we had three nights there. We had uh, Love Zagreb. It was a beautiful European city, uh, Alan. And then we went one day where we went out to the country to where Tito used to live in the little village mm-hmm. that he lived and yeah. saw where he was brought up and everything else. And it was interesting to hear the history story of Tito, the president of Yugoslavia and that, mm. and how much... It was interesting because I had heard another story a long time ago where he played the Americans and the Russians against each other and kept getting money from both countries yeah, to, to yeah, build Yugoslavia. Yeah. Um, and then we got in a little coach, uh, a little Mercedes bus, a 20-seater, there's nine of us, and we travelled through to Slovenia. Now, I've never been to Slovenia. Oh, okay. right. Well, it was yeah. like a mini Austria-Switzerland, and we stayed, uh, we went and had lunch in uh, Ljubljana, the, the capital of uh, Slovenia. I would have liked to have a couple of nights there, and I've said to our guide after we finished the tour, I said, let's put a, night, a couple of nights in Slovenia on this tour because it's it's a, just another great European city, mm. university mm. town as well, river running through it, yeah. little bars everywhere, great eating spots. Those old towns and, and they've got that charm that mm. when you they're walking towns. It's that heritage, isn't it? The, the history. Oh, the history, the yeah. whole lot yeah. of it. And then we went to Lake Bled. Well, Lake Bled was just magnificent, you know, and the scenery right through Slovenia. One of the, the excursions we did, Alan, we went, went in an underground uh, uh, cave it was 24 kilometers long and we Christ. walked through kilometer after kilometer not the whole 24 but i've never seen stalactites and stalagmites and, and how did you size. go do you, do you okay in a confined space i was my yeah. i was worried about my wife alison and uh, but she because it was so well lit up in different parts and yeah, that okay. and we yeah. went in we started we went in probably three or four k's in first in an electric train all of us you know a bit like going to disneyland or one mm. of those trains mm. there in you go and then we got out and then with the tour guide taking us through, describing how the formation of this and how long and the history of it, uh, it, it was just mind-blowing, you know, to come out and back into daylight yeah, again. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, when you think of a cave 24 kilometres long, it was just incredible. The, the, the Germans actually used it in World War Two to store ammunition in, in one part of the caves there, and it's all sort of got black darkened compared to the rest of the of the cave, and you think, gee, what happened here? It was all an ammunition that, you know, sort of emitted fumes off and everything else. 
else, and they stored it there to hide it from the uh, you know Allied troops and that. And then we went right through to Istria, which is the uh, start of the Dalmatian coast on the mm-hmm. on the west uh, coast of uh, of uh, Croatia. Uh, very Italian-fired and all that. Went through Pula and other places there, and then drove down through to Plavitz Lakes, which is a UNESCO site uh, national park. Sixteen lakes linking mm-hmm. each other, and we went for a four-hour tri- uh, hike. At the end of the four hours, I was saying, is there a limo coming to pick me up somewhere? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it helicopter. just was yeah. beautiful, and we overnighted in Plavitz Lakes. And then uh, down to uh, Split, which I've been to many times and quite busy this time with the time of the year, but great to see Split again and the palace, and, and Split is a beautiful place to visit. Uh, and then we jumped on our uh, Turkish goulette, a yes, wooden goulette. goulette. Yeah. And it's really Tell fun. about that. Well, it was just idyllic. You know, we had a chef on board, a captain, two crew, and we had probably the best weather I've ever had in sailing. And uh, the goulette had five bedrooms. How big was the goulette? How it's, long was it? Uh, probably 60 foot long, oh, okay. uh, 120 ton. So, yeah, plenty of room, plenty of room for people to move around. Uh, and we would eat, uh, you know, undercover outside every every day of mm. breakfast and lunch. And then at night we'd go into the little towns that we were visiting and, course, and you'd yeah. go off on the Zodiac. Mm. And, there. and there was one town where we visited where we actually on the Zodiac went under this wall of a, of a restaurant which they filmed for Mamma Mia and oh, uh, went in there and, and sort of tied up the, the Zodiac and then had dinner inside this restaurant which is just, you know, looking out on the scenery of uh, of the uh, Adriatic. Uh, yeah, the whole trip was like that. And But i got to say, one of the absolute highlights was coming back from Dubrovnik to Split. We had to, coming back for, to get to the Split airport to get a transfer and we drove along the Ocean Road and I reckon it's the most scenic driveway I've ever done in my life, even against the Malfi Coast and places like that. Every time I saw a little bay, I thought, oh, gee, I'd love to go down there and stay. Oh, yeah, gee, I'd love to go yeah, down there and yeah. stay and that. But uh, the whole excursion and the whole trip, you know, there's a sort of combined Croatia, Slovenia, and then do the Adriatic. And, I mean, all these islands, uh, Alan, are all so close and mm. you go from island. And then when you didn't want to stay, you know, and go into one of the marinas, you stayed out in a little bay mm. and then just use the Zodiac to go in and get some... The captain used to get up every morning at about 6.30 and you'd hear the Zodiac go off and he'd go and buy supplies. So he I was going to get, say, was he going and buying yeah, food? Yeah. He was getting fresh bread and, yeah. and, and mm. fresh tomatoes and then they'd get fish and everything like mm. that. We ate like kings and queens. It was just fabulous. Probably too much food in the... In and we had breakfast and, and lunch always catered for. And then at night, we would wander into the towns and just walk around and find a place. Well, we got to probably the last three nights of the of the cruising that we didn't need to have dinner. <laughs> we were going... <laughs> we enough, put up, enough. Enough, enough. Enough, enough, enough. Yeah, just have an ice cream and a cup yeah. of coffee. But uh, the other thing is I found it so affordable, Alan. You know, the, Now, I was going to ask that. Yeah, the, f- the food and wine was probably 50 to 60% of what you'd pay in, in Australia for really? at okay. restaurants. And I'm talking top restaurants. Yeah. In Lake Bled, we went to this restaurant and it was silver service. It was absolutely brilliant. When I got the bill, I said, oh, obviously they haven't had the wine yet. And they said, no, no, the wine's included in that, sir. And you look at it and you'd be paying $60 for two people wow. for, you know, 
two courses mm. uh, and sometimes coffee and a dessert mm. as well, but also wine, you know, and I'm going, hang on, yeah, you know, yeah. that's what I'm paying for one in Adelaide, you know, uh, or whatever. So, so it was very affordable. Um, I'm not saying that that would be the same in Dubrovnik and Split and some of those places because they are more expensive, mm. but certainly in Zagreb and uh, in uh, Ljubljana and uh, Lake Bled and other places right through. But there's so much to see. I mean, you know, I could go back now and do it again to see all, all the mm. other things I missed, mm. you know. Uh, and the people, I just found them so friendly. And the girl that was uh, taking us around on a walking tour took us to the markets in Zagreb and all the places. And, you know, and it was just like walking through the central market, but bigger. But but everyone sort of made you feel so welcome. Mm. They cut off a bit of cheese for you and a bit of meat and something else to show you. But it was just fantastic. And same in the restaurants. So Australians are very welcome. But anyway, she had spent 12 months out here in, in Adelaide and her favourite, one of her favourite destinations in Australia, visiting Australia, was Cooper Pedy. I could not Is believe that it. Right? She said, Cooper Pedy. I said, of all the places yeah, you could pick, yeah. she said. But she said, I loved Adelaide. And okay. she spoke perfect English and everything else. And then we had a beautiful guide. The guides around in those some of those countries are just fantastic. But Lake Bled and, and parts of Slovenia reminded me of driving through Austria and mm. Switzerland. So if people are thinking about it, certainly put it on, on, the, on, the, on the drawing board in your plans because, as I said, you, you would you'd love it. And, and the other thing that I think we forget here when we're looking at maps and that, how close you are. Yeah, you know, exactly, Lake Bled, yeah. they say, oh, no, it's two hours, two and a half hours into uh, Austria or it's uh, two and a half hours from um, uh, uh, Robin on, on the Dalmatian coast of Istria across the Venice, you know, by the fast ferry. So, so some people come across and spend a day shopping in, in Croatia and then go back to uh, Venice at night. And mm. so you can link all them together very closely in that. And the other thing that was away flying Emirates, I found out that they are working now because they own Fly Dubai, but it used to be run very separate, a bit like Jetstar and Qantas. Now they're combining together, and so they Fly Dubai flies into Dubrovnik and, and other places, Sarajevo. Oh, okay, right. yeah, so yeah. now they're going to link in the in the same ticket that you could go in and say, right, I, I'll, I'll fly out, I'll, I'll do the trip from uh, Split down to Dubrovnik on a yacht. Instead of going back to split to fly out and back to one of the main uh, ports to go out of, mm. you can fly out of uh, Dubrovnik now or Sarajevo or Montenegro and places like that. So uh, the combinations, I only heard that, you know, the, so I rang the, the Emirates manager and he said, well, I think you had the information, Phil, you know, <laughs> and then I find out that it was on my desk. But, but you know, again, it just helps you when you learn yeah. a little bit more about mm. all those sort of things, the combinations you can do. So but the accessibility uh, is just... Accessibility that. now is... And because it used to be hard because you used to have to come in... It used to be a pain, yeah. Because, you know, Qatar flies in into uh, Sagrab, um, Emirates fly into Sagrab, so you've got great connections, but just to have these others, and also, you know, Venice and Vienna, they're all so close, mm. you know, they're all mm. so close. But uh, I can, look, people say to me, would you go back again? I'd go back tomorrow. You would go back. I'd go tomorrow. And, I, and I, can I say that the, if you could, if you got seasick in in the bathtub, then you may get seasick on the on the cruise. We did. <laughs> That's how rough it was. You know, it was about a quarter of inch swell at every. But just sitting out at night. What I love about Europe is they really maximise eating out at nights under stars. You know, I mean, you know, if you have the right weather, I suppose you know you can do it. But they seem to do so much of it. I suppose it's because they have small apartments and other little things. But it was just fantastic to um, to uh, be able to do it. Um, you know the way we did it and walk around at the cities at night and you feel perfectly safe you yeah, know some yeah. of those places you feel Libyana just blew me away because as I said I'd like to go back and spend longer time there because it was a great little European city it had the the, the sort of uh, 
looked like a bit of Vienna, a bit of Budapest, uh, a bit of Prague in it. You know, it just had everything. And I love those European cities. I mean, th- they know they knew what how to build a city in mm. those old places, especially mm. when you see the old town compared to the new town. That's what I love about when you go to Europe. But it's just got that flavour. And uh, as I said, Croatia, the Croatians, um, gee, they make you feel welcome. And, uh, yeah, it's a great destination. Great explanation as to why it's, uh, you know, becoming more and more popular as oh, a destination. Alan, yeah. every time you pulled up in the yacht or in our goulette, and can I tell you, I described the, 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 the goulette as a mahogany villa that you'd stay in in Tuscany, but a mahogany f- a villa floating on water. Beautiful. And then I was reading an editorial in one of the magazines on travel, and they used virtually the exact words. And I thought, hang on, they copied my words. <laughs> Where I must go there. And the other thing I, I, I thought was fantastic was I called uh, Slovenia a mini Austria, Switzerland. And I saw that in writing as well. So, yeah, and that's how you think of these places, mm. but it's a good mm. description of what they're like. Fantastic. Great to see you back. No, uh, great to be Phil's back. with us. We'll also have a special uh, guest with us in the studio, Kara uh, uh, Tuvi from the Intepid Group. Uh, we'll talk to her in just Intrepid Group, not Intepid. You're not Intepid, are you? Uh, we'll talk to her in just a moment. The Phil Hoffman Travel Team will be in the 5AA Travel Lounge between 2 and 2.30 today, taking your calls off air. Phil Hoffman Travel's experts can give you the best advice on where to go, when to go, what to see and how to get there. Whether you're planning your trip by plane, ship, rail or road, the 5AA Travel Lounge is where you need to check in. Call the Phil Hoffman Team between 2 and 2.30 today or Calls are answered off air. Call 8419 1473. That's 8419 1473. Nothing beats a music festival at sea. And right now, you'll save big on balcony cabins with Phil Hoffman Travel. This November, join Elvis Meet the Legends on Cruise and Groove with over 30 live acts and the best Elvis tribute artists from $1,999 per person twin share. Or join Bravo, featuring the biggest lineup of Australian and international artists ever assembled on water from $2,099 per person twin share all while cruising the beautiful south pacific hurry offer ends 30 september visit pht.com.au in adelaide and across south australia this is alan hickey scraped your caravan walker crash caravan repairs easy insurance repairs fast Welcome back. Uh, Phil Hoffman is uh, with us uh, from Phil Hoffman Travel. Happy to take your calls about all your uh, travel uh, inquiries, 8223 But we also have a special guest with us in the studio, Cara Tuvi from the Intrepid Group. Hi, Tara. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Good to see you again. Thank uh, we've you. met before. Tell us a little bit about uh, uh, your company, Peregrine. Um, and uh, what sort of tours you offer? Yeah, Peregrine Adventures has actually been around now for 40 yeah. years, which is quite a phenomenal time, and we're a small group touring company that really focuses on a cultural side of a destination when we travel. So we'd really like to travel in a, in a bit of a local way. We stay in local accommodation and eat out in uh, in local restaurants, but with our accommodation, it is still about a four-star standard, but it's all locally owned and locally run. So you might be staying in some hotels in the bigger cities, but then you might be staying in some open-door Amazon jungle lodges in the, in the Amazon or Riyadh's in Morocco, that type of thing. And we really kind of like to mingle and mix more with the locals and more learn more about the local mm. cultures as we're travelling. That's virtually what you've been talking about, yeah. the, the attraction for you with Croatia is 
you got the opportunity to interact with the Absol- locals. Oh, absolutely, and you just love it. And uh, we went to one of the restaurants and, uh, in um, Lake Bled, and uh, I went to order, and I saw this young waitress there, and she was looking to come towards me, and, and I said, look, we're ready to order. And she said, no, she said, my brother-in-law's the owner. She said, he wants to look after your table. He's <laughs> your special. And, and we hadn't said anything. He doesn't know where we so were from or whatever. Know, they didn't know where you were. And she said, no, I'm not going to step over his lines. Okay. And, Alan, can I tell you what I love about, uh, you know, people in, the, in the Europe with taking orders there was nine of us and he mm. took a, and we were all ordering two dishes right he didn't have a piece of paper or a pen he took the yeah. nine yeah. and and etc and then he started a conversation halfway through taking the orders and i thought this is going to be a mess yeah. this is going to mess yeah. can i tell you faultless how do they do that i don't know i don't know, I don't know. I don't know. because we're, and we're all changing our mind at different yeah. times yeah. but i just loved yeah. it so you talk about yeah, interacting mm. god we had a great night sorry that's <laughs> <laughs> all right so where, where, what areas do you travel to? Uh, we're worldwide. We worldwide, travel everywhere. absolutely everywhere, including uh, the big seventh continent, which is Antarctica. Yeah. Exactly, and that's mm. what we can uh, perhaps drill down on. You're, now, you've done Antarctica, I've Antarctica haven't you? Yeah. I was saying to yeah, carry outside fan. when yeah. we're waiting to come in uh, twice by uh, ship uh, and twice by flying, and can I tell you, Alan, I'd go for a third time. If you said Would to you? me tomorrow, get back your bag and you're going down to Antarctica, do it again, there is something special about Antarctica. Mm. It's an amazing destination. What's the attraction then, Cara? Have you done it? Yes, I have yeah. actually. I was lucky to go there last year. Uh, it's just that bucket list destination. Mm. It's it's like n- no other place uh, in the world, really. It's completely different. Is and it the fact that it's so far away? So there remote? is that definitely that element of it that it is so remote, uh, and you do feel like that when you're down there. You do feel like you're on another planet, basically. Uh, and can I say it's the one time when you leave Ushuaia as the mo- southernmost port in Argentina? Yeah, mm. you go. I am really on an expedition. Mm. I am going. You're heading into nowhere. Not many people have gone, and you're going down south, and you're going, you know, and within a, you know, a day, you're starting to see all the ice flows, and then your icebergs, and you go, I've dreamt of this, but now I'm here. I think that's what grabs you, and then. When you get into the whole area, Alan, it's just so quiet and still, but so beautiful in colours. And also, I mean, I was down there for 10 days and we saw one other ship for that whole 10 days. Okay. So that's quite amazing Mm. side of it as well. Now, one of the attractions of of, uh, your tours is you use smaller ships, don't you? That's right, yeah. You're not on a big, huge icebreaker. No, that's right. Um, Our ships are ex-cruise ships that we've converted into icebreakers. Our biggest ship is 199 passengers. It was a 400-passenger cruise ship. Ship, but we oh, only wow. take 199 okay. on it, so it's quite roomy. Yeah. But that's our biggest. Uh, I actually went on the Ocean Adventure, which is only 132 passengers, and it's actually quite quite small. And I remember when I was in Ushuaia, Phil and I, there was quite a few ships there and some big ships. And I was looking for my ship, and I went, "Oh my goodness, it was like a little tugboat. <laughs> it was tiny." Um, but it makes a good adventure story when you're crossing the Drake Passage on one of yeah. those smaller ships. Yeah. That's for but, sure. But also, you know, the great thing about the smaller ships is the only small number getting on. On and off and doing the expeditions yeah. whereas if you're on a big That's ship right. and you've got a chance you've got to wait and I, I love going on the little ones because as I said I think you get more chances getting on and off and you can do sometimes two to three you know expeditions a day on the zodiacs and that the other thing that I think is great about with the Antarctica and, and these sorts of ships and and the people you've got working is the expedition leaders know so much about Antarctica Arctic and whatever and they just every every time you're going down there's another story about something that they've seen and they're going to show you and then i love the sort of fact finding afterwards you know when mm, people show yeah. their photographs and everything else of what they actually picked up when they were down there so yeah that's no, fantastic yeah. do you actually get to have many um expeditions on shore 
Yes, we do actually. So yeah. in Antarctica, uh, only a hundred people can actually go on at shore any one at time. any one time. Mm. Yeah, mm. so that's the great thing about the smaller ships. So mm. even the one that we have, one hundred ninety nine, you'll do the morning. Well, half will do a morning um, landing, mm. but the other half are cruising around still on the zodiacs, and you can actually see oh, a lot. Okay. Yeah, so, so I'm, penguins... not, I'm not standing on board, no. getting getting bored waiting for my turn. Penguins are swimming next yeah, right. to you, and seals are coming up next to you. Actually, see quite a lot on the zodiac cruising, and then in the afternoon landing, you'll actually swap uh, on a small ship like mine, the 132, we all actually went right, okay. at the same time but then we'd be on shore for about an hour and yeah. then you might choose to actually go and have a bit of a Zodiac cruise anyway because you'll yeah. go, go past icebergs and you can see quite a lot in the Zodiacs as well as on shore. And especially, you know, whales and others, you know, the wildlife down there as well is, is enormous. Um, can I tell you though, one day we'd been out in the morning doing the expedition on the Zodiacs and came back, had lunch, a couple of glasses of wine, have a little siesta. <laughs> Next minute the, the captain of the ship was uh, one of the captains, there was two captains, one was an ice captain in German and, I was, and he'd been down to Antarctica 81 times and he started yelling on the on the microphone across all through the, the, the cabins, you can sleep any time but not here when you're down in Antarctica sleep, yeah this is in German, broken German Australian. And this is aimed at you Phil. Yeah. And all of us raced up to, because it was an open bridge show, we all some clothes on get out there, where, yeah. where are these whales he's talking about and whatever, all the icebergs, you know, he wasn't going to let us sleep and it's true you know you're down there to see it yeah, you know take yeah, it all in yeah. and um, and the other memory that i have the last memory was on the last day of the expedition our captain got his little zodiac and took some of the crew that never get off the ship to see you know they actually oh, land okay. on it. Yeah. but he loaded up the thing with champagne bottles and glasses and went around to all the other zodiacs that were doing the expeditions went alongside of us Poured the champagne for us, and we all saluted Antarctica, and then gave him back the glass. Isn't that fantastic! Yeah. And I thought, what a thing! And to yeah. take some of the crew with him who don't get off, you know, yeah. and get those those yeah. chances. That it was just, you know, and so there's memories like that that you never forget. You know, the colours, uh, yeah. Alan. You know, the blue, the ice colours, uh, the waters. You know, and so calm. And there's really only the Drake Passage you got to worry about now. I notice here, can you fly? Uh, on tell tell yeah. us about the Drake Passage, though, for those who aren't familiar with it. That's, so the, the, that's the hairy bit, isn't it? It is. So it's the obviously the, the water crossing between South America and mm. Antarctica, and it's the roughest water passage in the world. And we always kind of laugh because you can either get what we call the Drake Shake, where it's literally like being in a washing machine, or you can get the Drake Lake. Um, I was lucky enough to get the Drake Shake. We got uh, 20 foot waves when I crossed. Wow, yeah, it was brilliant. quite phenomenal. Uh, it was a bit of a scary experience, really, to be on a ship going through that. But it's funny because I actually, back when I did it, you could cruise one way and fly the other way, which is what I did. And even flying back, I actually wish I'd gone back on the Drake Passage, even though it was quite You wanted scary. more shake. Yeah, like it was just, it's part of the adventure. Yeah, it's part of the fun yeah. side of it. But now you can fly in both directions if, if you're really... A seasick person and quite which, which is coming unique. We never used to be able to do no, that, Alan. New, so it? Yeah. it is new for people mm. who see. Mm. My wife would do that. She yeah. wouldn't do the. She won't do the Drake Passage. As okay. Twice I've done it. I've done it on my own because she won't do the Drake Did you Passage. Cop the bad weather. Uh, three lakes and one shake. Did you? Oh, okay. lucky. Yeah, three, lucky! Three lakes yeah. and one shake out of four crossings. So, wow. so like you say, it's interesting. But you know, I, I'm a good sailor, so I, I enjoy that. But anyway, I remember that one of the last times we were there, and we arrived in Ushuaia, and it started to really get dark and you know gloomy. And the captain said, "Look, I'm going to you know uh, hold the ship back for six hours, and then we'll, the storm should be through." 
And then we woke up the next morning and it was like 13 metre waves. Oh, but I, I, I was down dear. for breakfast, Alan. I went down <laughs> for breakfast. You know, I was a good traveller. But I did see a few people who didn't turn up for breakfast. Oh. But as I say, you can be unlucky and you just say you can get four four lakes and etc. Mm. But look, the, 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 the captains that do it and the, you know, and the ice captains out there were so experienced in it. And they're oh. not going to take you to danger. But this captain on this night, he, before we leave, Ushuaia, he says, I'm going to show you the map. He said, have a look at the map here. He said, I'll show you the areas where, you know, it's great weather. He said, where this red spot is, he said, that's where we're going. He said, it doesn't look good at the moment. And he was right. It wasn't that yeah. good for that, that one crossing. But it's a great experience, Alan. And if anyone's got it, you know, wanting to do it, then this is the way. Cara, I was going to ask you, what age group are you getting on Peregrine in Antarctica going down there? Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, you get all age groups, but I'm interested what Peregrine is getting, you know, in your program. We do actually get all age groups, yep, to be yep. honest with you. I mean, majority of them, I would say, would be 40 and plus uh, because it is one of those bucket list destinations yeah, people yeah. kind of leave as they get a little bit older but even on when i went we had a nine-year-old girl from sydney traveling with her father yeah. and we had lots in their 30s and then 40s 50s 60s so you can really get absolutely any age groups yeah, on these yeah, trips okay mm. and across the board of peregrine yes uh, across the board yeah and i know when i've seen the inte- intrepid age groups of the bookings we've done i mm. get amazed alan of going from an 18 year old to an 82 year old absolutely. in that range so mm. we're seeing a lot of people now now, you know, sort of looking for the experiential, the you know, the expedition type travel, and, and like you say, yeah. small groups and that, mm. and enjoying. So mm. there's no age uh, limit to it, you know, if you've got the capabilities. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's a, it's just a one of those wonderful experiences. Put it on the bucket list. Well, it's on my back. I I what is on my bucket list to be in a in a in a vessel next to the wall of ice. Yes, that big. Yeah, you know, wall of ice is and, just. And just, Alan, can you I see I it on television? Yeah, but, and you know. Alan, can I tell you they are massive? They are yeah. huge. And you wonder, you go, wow, you know. And one night, I, one afternoon, I woke up and uh, and uh, I saw these zodiac. Well, morning, sorry, it was zodiacs, and they were pushing this iceberg, you know, little one. And I thought, what? Are, I thought the guys must be out there just having a bit of fun. But the captain was just worried about the flow that was coming towards the ship where he was moored uh, and tied up or anchored. And uh, so he just wanted to push it in another direction so that it would go... So you they know, pushed the iceberg They pushed the iceberg. Way. There was about five Zodiacs and they just, you know... Mm. And wow. it was it was really funny watching it because I'd never seen it before. No. But these big ones, though, when you get on the big ones. But, you know, we've landed on an iceberg, you know, on the top and yep. we've had champagne yeah. on the top and everything yeah. else. But, yeah, it, it's something, you know, it's hard to describe to people you know, the feeling you get, but it is unique. Mm. And as I said, I would do it again for the third time. And I know when you hear expedition leaders say how many times they've done it, the heck could you do it that many times? But it does grab you. Yeah. It's something yeah. special. And mm. it's, uh, you know, you're either a, sort of an expedition person, want to do it and experience But that continent down there, and can I tell you, we've done some, you know, where we've uh, chartered uh, jumbos out of Adelaide and done the direct flight down. And it's directly south. I mean, when they talk yeah, about yeah, after yeah. Outer Harbour, or yeah. sorry, after Victor Harbour or Kangaroo Island, there's nothing. There's nothing, <laughs> and there is nothing because that compass doesn't deviate. And in about three hours of flying, yeah, you know, yeah. you suddenly see the ice flows and that. And then, you know, when you're flying doing the the charter jets and the charter flights, uh, it's again, it's an experience because you talk to the crews down on the ice, sta- you know, on, on the Antarctica that work there. I mean, I don't think I could live there for a year no, with the weather. No, no, but people who to go. Be 
locked up that long. People I've mm. known doctors and others and scientists yeah. who don't love it. Absolutely mm. love it. Mm. Mm. But when you're down there and you can be on when you're on land and you can be three meters away from penguins yeah. and five meters away from seals, it's quite phenomenal. Mm. And they you know, even if you and the best thing they all the expedition leaders say you need to just sit down, you know, stop walking around, mm. sit down, find a spot and just take it all in. Take yeah. it all in. And the next minute penguins are coming up close next yeah. to you because they can come up to you mm. and it's just it's to be yeah, you're not allowed to approach them but yeah. they're allowed to approach yeah. you oh, they'll walk right over the top of you right over the top yeah. of your, your boots yeah. and all that yeah. and uh, you know and you go I was told I wasn't allowed to go within but they go within they can yeah. come to you it's but your you touched on something that's really powerful before Phil when you said it's the silence Oh, because yes. it is. That's you know, true. there's no wildlife around. No, there's no jets. It's, there's no, no, no nothing, jets. You know, there's yeah. no radio. There's nothing. Yeah. And uh, you're just there, and you go, "I oh, listen to this," you know. And yeah. sitting on the out, on the back of the ship, you know, having a meal at lunchtime after you've been, you you like kids in have been in the toy shop for the first time, or it's Christmas, you know, and you just had all your presents. You're just talking about it. Everybody's mm. talking about it, mm. and you're just looking forward to that next that afternoon to going back again to see something else different, and you're moving on and seeing some other attraction. So it is. It's a fantastic experience. All right, uh, call into your nearest Phil Hoffman uh, travel office uh, right now and uh, and explore the wonderful world of, of down south, literally down south with the <laughs> Peregrine. Uh, the wonderful uh, specials they've got on to Antarctica at the moment. And you've also got your big travel expo coming up on the seventh of October. 7th. We need to mention. Yeah, huge, Alan, yeah. and uh, we'll have uh, all the suppliers there uh, talking about their products, and we'll have all the new airfares which are being released as we talk. Right, We've got okay. some of the early birds already. Yep. I know that uh, Peter and Michelle and them have been talking to you and uh, we've got uh, all the new products for 219. So for us it's the, it's the sort of launch of launch 219, of yeah. 220, mm. all the new programs. Mm. Cara's got a new brochure out now as well on, on, on you know Antarctica and all the tours as well. Uh, and so it's an exciting time but it's a chance for people to come along Alan and freely get information and start their work for their next holiday. Mm. And we're all going to be there. We're all talking. Uh, we're doing a live broadcast at 12 o'clock and we'll be uh, interviewing some of the, the suppliers that are there doing the expo. But it's a big day for us because it's a lot of, uh, mostly it's existing clients, but a lot of clients bring their neighbours and others to yeah. thing. But it's also all the specials that are available. But Alan, and I'll finish on this. I have never seen the airfares where they're out at the moment, they and you ridiculous. know they got ridiculously you know, with the mm. levels. And we had one on the weekend where it was uh, a nine 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 fare. It was only available Saturday Sunday to London return, Alan. Under a thousand. Under a thousand. Under a thousand. London. Ex Adelaide, London, including yeah, taxes. Yeah, that before. No, no. And so you know, uh, as I said, it, it, the world's an oyster as far as airfares are concerned. Even down to South America, mm. when you look at some of the Air New Zealand fares to Buenos Aires and that, just just fabulous. So, well, I'm just looking at the list here. You've got to Singapore. Airlines, Amsterdam, from uh, one thousand and nineteen dollars. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's, and that's flying and flying out of Adelaide with the yeah. new aircraft now, and yeah. Cathay and all the others, uh, Qatar, uh, Emirates, and all that. Uh, Fiji Airlines going right through to America under a thousand. Uh, yeah, it's just as I said to say to people, I said, look, it's not a sales story. I have been in the game a long time. Best airfares I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All right, thanks very much, Phil. Alan, uh, pleasure. We'll talk to you next time. Absolutely. Welcome home. And uh, Cara, thanks for your time Thank too. You. We'll see you down south sometime. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs>